0: another one welcome to another podcast with chris and jared the cat and cloud coffee podcast is that what it's called i don't even know what it's called anymore it just says podcast and our company's called cat and cloud over there's my friend chris right here's jared we're just a couple we're just a couple of guys opening cards and then answering questions chris answered it but he's away from the mic so you couldn't hear it the card says just on the front culture Now, we're not talking butter here, people, but we could be. We're not talking kombucha, but we could be. We're not talking petri dishes, but we could be. We'll find out when I open the card. Hold tight. My friend Chris is zoning in. Chris, tell him how it feels.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Culture. Culture feels like a catch-all term that gets thrown around a lot. Sometimes it means how we do things, which could be interpreted purely logistically you do this then this then this hmm sometimes it's used to state this is what we believe and sometimes it gets used as this is who we are what does culture mean is it one all or none of these things what is our culture why <laughs> is knowing your culture a crucial step to doing your best work hell
0: let's just let's just make this joke what is our culture in the world come on bro we can't answer that Are you trying to ask what? I'm just kidding. What's Cat and Cloud's culture? I'm guessing that's the question when he says, what's our
1: culture? I think that's what he's getting at.
0: I know that's what he's getting at. But when you read what's our culture to an audience of uh, millions of people, we just talked about this last week. (laughs) Biden keeps writing in. Billions. Thanks for the questions. We'll get to them when we can. Billions. It's hard to answer what culture is for everyone. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what their culture is. Our culture? It's freaking sweet. (laughs) (laughs) What's our culture? It's a sweet culture. It's a sweet culture. I was, I was just—I'm not. You have a—you have a quote. You're gonna lead uh, off not with? yet, but I'm gonna find it because I remember reading it and I thought it was awesome. It was great. Unreasonable hospitality, people. If you haven't read the book, it's a fun one. There's a lot of great books and the stuff and the things in the world, but I, I like this one. It's many, many great things. I don't have it right off the bat, so I think I'm just gonna look. Why is, I it, do is it, it a culture quote? It is actually. I, I mean, there's it? all sorts of things. Co- conversations around culture in this book um but there are like I said in many great books it was just funny at the end of this there it is. um and I actually love the the quote that he put together um on one of the you know subtitles within the chapter though it's all cult is short for culture and one of the portions that I liked these all but I have since come to realize that a cult quote-unquote is what people who work for the companies that haven't invested enough in their cultures tend to call the companies that have. And I think, um, and no, there have been times in our company, especially, actually in general, right? We've been locally in the paper and shout outs to us for winning, you know, best independent cafe in our city since we basically, second year we opened, since after our first year. But there have been times we've been, these posts in the paper were like, This coffee shop has people who are happy for no apparent reason every time you come in. The hospitality, it almost feels like a cult, but we love it. And so it's been a long time since that paper. It was actually posted in whatever, one of our local ones. Um, Back, I'm calling 2000, maybe 17. But here we are, you know, five-ish years later. And I read this. And actually, I liked it because I think it's totally true. It's something that this world... Is has been kind of trained to hear the term corporate culture and and have some of these these places that are like really dynamic, interesting. People talk about even companies like Dutch Bros is like oh they're like a cult, and I don't I don't see a problem with that. I think the problem is we hear cults is those people you know like David Koresh who are just drinking the Kool Aid and killing people. yeah culture man it's it's a really interesting and dynamic and powerful thing it is definitely how we do things it's behaviors it's all sorts of stuff but that that's just what it reminded me of when i read all of these different little question little prompts on this card is that and i i think you have the opportunity to build something at any place and However, it's built and how the people behave within it ultimately is the culture because it is the collective actions of the people in terms of what's accepted. And that
1: really is kind of what culture is. That's it. That's it. I quote Seth Godin a lot. He's got the best definition of culture. People like us do things like this. That's it. People like us do things like this. That's that.
0: It's so there's the podcast, everyone. It was a five minute episode. Thanks for coming. (laughs)
1: <laughs> See you next week. Well, it's important to know who who are people like us. Mm-hmm. Without and, yeah, and what are things like this? So break it down. Break it people down. like us is not everyone. People like us Turns is out. people like us so although you might have a business that is open to all sure in reality you're most of the things that we remember are were built for something super specific they do Mm -hmm. a really specific thing they um they have a point of view which is why when you're talking about cult The people who maybe don't resonate with that point of view, they find it really off-putting. Because they say, "I don't like that. That's weird. That's creepy. That's strange. That's that's goofy." How can someone be so into Disney? Right. You're you're forty years old, bro. What the? What is the deal? Why Why do you want to go to Disneyland and take people on the rides and document the whole thing? And why do you plan out the whole way you're going to attack it? And why do you? What's the? It's It's weird. It's creepy. Yeah. It's It's like you're in a cult. And the for you, you're like. Yes, yeah, I totally. absolutely I hear you. <laughs> I can tell you all the reasons why, but that doesn't make you care about it, right? And uh-huh. and that's that thing, you know you you'd probably have a hard time convincing someone that they should believe what you believe, or they should love Disney how you love Disney, or love the things that you love, and that's cool too because you don't have to. Don't they have to. something else that they believe in like that, mm-hmm. or hopefully they do. Because it's nice when you have something like that, Mm. you know, a place where you feel connected, a place where you feel plugged in and seen, a place where people are coming together to do a thing. And Mm -hmm. there's every place like that has different cultures and different norms within that culture. And Mm. as a business owner or a leader or someone on the, like from our perspective, you know, we're building an organization and we are attempting to set these cultural norms and as we grow and scale we need other people who resonate with that culture to take ownership of those cultural norms so that the culture perpetuates itself mm. so when we say something or you know use the disney example which is classic there's no trash on the ground at any of their parks mm-hmm. ever right i've never seen any and i every time i have seen some when we've been on our little tours The guide who notices it, immediately sees it, picks it up, puts it in the trash without breaking stride, without making... It's just something that happens. If Mm -hmm. if somebody drops something, someone comes in, picks it up, and then magically it's never trash anywhere because that's just part of their culture. Right, That's just what they do. People like us do things like this. There is not trash on the ground at Disney. Mm -hmm. And if you go against the culture... And the culture is strong, you won't get the hammer dropped on you by the boss. You'll get the hammer dropped on you by everyone else in that culture. You'll get feedback from your peers. You'll get feedback from people who are slightly above you. You'll get even maybe feedback from the guest. It's like, hey, this is not really how this is goes. Fantastic if you got it from the guest. So if 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 those things are absent, if you're not getting that 360 feedback or if there's not this peer-to-peer accountability, your culture is probably not as tight knit as you might want it to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not just in business. You know, when we go out and streets, street skating is sacred now. So much stuff is skate stopped. It's really hard to find good yeah. street spots. And every once in a while, you find a good spot where the security guard kind of lets you slide. You've got a certain time window where you could skate in and those places are sacred and everybody knows how much of a big deal it is. And there's rules that are unwritten that are just part of the culture. You show up, whatever you bring, you take with you. You don't leave fucking beer cans out there. You don't leave your trash out there. You're not like, pissing in the corner at the spot even though there's no bathroom around it's like no like you take care of the spot because if you blow it you ruin it for everybody Mm. and that's not cool so then you have this peer-to-peer enforcement it's like bro, take your beer can what are you doing Mm. like oh yeah my bad like totally forgot about it that's how really awesome culture cultures work Mm -hmm. you know everyone's built in everybody knows the score yeah culture you know the thing for me that i've always believed about culture
0: is that what we're really doing no matter where you're at the cultures that resonate the most are actually always tying into creating feelings and they're intentional and i wouldn't even call it manipulative it's this it's they want to as the people who work there as well as provide the experiences they're creating experiences and feelings right so one thing You know, even speak to the Disney thing. Why do you, why, why, why? You know, all this stuff. You're a freaking adult. Disney adults are weird. And it's like, well, check this out. Like, to me, what Disney actually does is they provide an all day, for the very most part, in the moment, consistent presence. And you can take this uh, this whole idea and separate it from Disney. Take it to meditation. Take it to spirituality. Being absolutely present and in the moment. Not only that, but in the moment and present with maybe the people you care about or people that you're with 100% of the time and not being distracted potentially by anything else. You're all experiencing a thing together. Like that to me is what kind of what you're ultimately paying for. And what happens, and this to me also is what we should and could be doing at Cat and Cloud. If you're creating an experience that brings everybody exactly to the moment that they're having, collectively or individually what you're doing is you're providing kind of a sacred moment. And that to me is, you know, uh, an addicting and beautiful idea when done right. Right. You can make somebody culturally feel however you want, sort of, you know, like you can, you can curate an experience that could take them away from that. But to me, that's something that is at the heart of what a place like Disney and the places that I enjoy do Atelier Crenn, right? Like, Thank you again, a million times over, you know, Dominique Cren. I got to go to a meal there um, recently, and she invited me, and I got to eat there. But moreover than that being special, what you do you're so present that all of a sudden four and a half, five hours goes by, and you've been sitting at a table for nearly that long enjoying a bunch of different food, and you're like, "Whoa, I can't believe it's eleven o'clock. We got here at seven you know these are, these are things to me that you create only through culture they don't just happen unless of course you are the person who's going to get really really great at meditating and or you know having those kind of experiences maybe walking in nature you can get this stuff too like there's ways but when you're going to a place with that's kind of consumer based that's the magic that we can put together and create as collective group and that to me is culture and it does exactly that it requires people to behave a certain way it requires people to work for things to feel and look a certain way it requires for things to operate a certain way and ultimately all of those things need to take away from any distraction that keeps you out of the moment you know and so that to me is why I get so obsessed with culture and why Disney for me is a great example of that whether you like it or not they have seemed to be able to do it for the most part in such a way that billions and billions of people come and whether you like that or not it makes you go well if they can do it we can do a version of that as well and that's inspiring to me
1: yeah so you're talking a lot about experience and staying in character and how you need a cohesive culture to be able to do that
0: and even like looking at culture as trying to search for the like creating a feeling right like you know, uh, you get, whatever, I get a feeling, you get a feeling. Anybody gets a feeling from anything, right? From picking up and deciding to read a book. Uh, there was a feeling that came up when I read this card, you know, that comes or whatever. There's a feeling when you take a bite, when you drink an espresso. There's a feeling that comes with whatever. When you walk in a place and it feels in, uh, cold, hot, the music's loud, smells a certain way. Like All of that comes with subconscious, immediate I have a feeling and you as a human being walking into those places don't always get to decide how it's going to make you feel uh, because you are built a certain way. And so there are universal ways um, for the most part to tap into those things in a in a way that attracts or detracts them more so. Right. And I think the best cultures are the ones that look at that and say everybody wants to feel taken care of, feel good. Anyways, I'm
1: getting into that. That's well, where I'm yeah, going. I guess what I'm saying is there are no best best cultures. There are just cultures because oh, yeah, everybody absolutely. everybody wants something a little different. Now sure. you might not have a cohesive culture, right? And that might keep you from doing what you want to do mm. but that in and of itself is still a culture absolutely you know what i yeah. mean like a culture of non-responsibility a culture of we don't work together as a team that's col- still a culture culture of bureaucracy totally a culture of bureaucracy is a culture to you're you know yeah you're saying like the culture a healthy culture can support the experiences that you're talking about absolutely where yeah. it's You know, using Disney as an example, there's no way it can make you feel the way it feels to go to Disneyland without a really intense, all these people working together for a common goal. Like, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you were in the Mickey Mouse costume and you fucking took the head off the costume and showed yourself in the middle of the park, hell no, you wouldn't dream of it. You would not even think about it for a second because we don't do that here. That's completely unacceptable. Sure, You're breaking character. Uh huh, And... Even though you might not be wearing a costume, most guest focused things have some version of breaking character. Mm-hmm. You know, you can break character at Cat and Cloud by doing things that are, uh, yeah, man, no, you know, uh, giving away free drinks. That's yeah. breaking character. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that. We don't do that here. Mm-hmm. We don't give away free drinks at Cat and Cloud. Sorry, doesn't matter if it's your landlord, doesn't matter if it's your mom, you get a gift card that gets loaded every month, you can buy someone a drink and Mm -hmm. you do it happily because you value the product that we make because Mm -hmm. that's our culture, because Mm -hmm. we all know what it takes to get just one pound of coffee here from someplace far away and how much work it took and how much effort goes into dialing it in and preparation. And that's just not some shit that you give away. Okay. You know, everybody respects it. Boom. That's part of our culture. And I I think those things are, you know, it's easy to see them as cult like, like you said, but I, I think they're great. I think when you find a place where you really back the culture and feel like you're a part of something that you want to be a part of, it's cool. Like it's, that's why job, I mean, I believe you can make a positive impact wherever you are. And part of finding the job that's perfect for you is experimenting with jobs that might not be. Sure. But when you find one that's really great, and you get to participate in it. Oh man, it's so good for everybody. Mm. And yeah. So Eileen at Ritual when I worked there, she had the best intuitive knowledge of culture that I have ever seen. Like she knew how to get a group of people together who were just gunning at one thing. Mm-hmm. And I was she believed in me and took a chance on me and gave me so much opportunity and it was awesome and i had so many amazing experiences and did so many amazing things there but i was always just to the left of center and one moment i'll always remember was 2008 western regional Breeze competition the we had a party that i think was before finals day and i had to compete in finals and there was a event and we had some tasting but it was mostly like ritual parties back then were just parties they, they went were hard then. it was the just fucking you were just you knew that, that you was were gonna culture. go get it you For know sure. and if i was going i knew i was it was drinking night yeah, yeah yeah you're partying so we get there we're having a great time and then you know at some point we have to shut the party down because everyone's gonna go to the competition in the morning and i'm in my zone to where i'm like We're going to hammer out this thing. We're going to clean the cafe. Just dial it in as soon as possible. Boom, we're going to get out of there. So I got the mop. I got the broom. I got the counters. And I'm just working my ass off. And everybody else is still drinking. They're still walking all over the counters, fucking dancing and kind of half-ass cleaning up. And I'm super frustrated. And I'm just pissed. And Eileen notices that I'm bumming. And she's like, what's going on? And I was like, I'm trying to get home. I got to compete tomorrow. We could have this done in half hour, 45 minutes. And everyone's just fucking around. And she looks at me and says, this is what we do. This is who we are. (laughs) Just dead serious. And I look back at her. I don't even think I said anything. And I was like, she was completely right. Mm -hmm. That was it. I was the oddball, Mm. you know? And even though I was able to participate positively in the business overall, Mm -hmm. I was left of center when it came to that culture. Mm -hmm. I was the goofball. So even though you might say, well, I was the one that was being, quote, unquote, more responsible, more efficient, more whatever, it didn't matter because I was the cultural misfit at that point. Mm -hmm. And it was cool to have that happen. And it was was really cool. I didn't think about it as much at the time, but in terms of modeling – being, you know, what a boss can be and standing behind your convictions, the way she just knew intuitively, she's like, this is what we do. Mm. Like, wow, I wish I would have had that early on. Like we talked about last Mm. episode. It's easy to get your confidence shaken, but to have that strong sense of culture, hey man, this is who we are. Yeah, No big deal. (laughs) Well, and how great is that statement for expectation in the future,
0: right? How great is that expectation where, what she kind of did is she she said, look, she didn't take away from you or them. She said, this is what we do. And then your next steps are on you. Yep. But the other thing you also know is whatever it looks like in the future, it's going to look like this. Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple of things that are I think are really powerful there, which is personal feelings are now off the table. I love that. I love the personal feelings being off the table because you express some feelings and the feelings are valid, but it's also like, well, this is just what we do here. So those feelings become yours to own in the context of, do I want to be here? Do I appreciate this culture? Is this worth it to me? And that's great. That's on you. It doesn't make it a Eileen or ritual versus Chris anymore. It's just is we've established something and now we can all move forward. And if you like it, awesome. If not also awesome, but we're not even going to talk about it anymore than this, yeah. right? Like, wipe your hands off Yep, keep working as hard as you want we're gonna get to it
1: but like this is how we do (laughs) and a couple things like that happened in the course of my career there there was the party bus that chicken john had yeah which was just old vintage literal bus you basically like that muppets bus when they go cruising exactly, around dude it's that's exactly
0: the one that it's the bus. muppets it's bus. probably the same fucking it's, probably, bus. <laughs> it's so that good. bus i got to go on that thing I <laughs> it's was like this a, thing is crazy it's got it's a party bunk wagon beds and it like it was a,
1: wild man so the bus would go to wherever the competition was yeah <laughs> if the competition was you know reasonably close so la san francisco berkeley petaluma these are all places where we had regionals and the bus would follow and I'm nuts when I'm competing, when I'm competing, competing is the only thing I'm thinking about. I'm there to do that thing. There's some minimal socializing that I'm doing, but I'm super, super focused. And one time in Petaluma, it was the first time I had just started working there. We went to the competition, I competed, First round, second round, and then after the second round, I was breaking down all my stuff. And I was, you know, everything dish, dishes polished because everything has to go back exactly where it is. And I realized that no one had hit me up, but the bus had just left without me. Like the party was already going and I was there just by myself. I was the only person that worked for Ritual there and I was just cleaning up. And I was kind of bummed. I was like, damn, dude, everybody just left me what the fuck is up with that I, people hating on me or they just forgot to get me or what? And the rest of the day ended up being really cool. Cause I hung around and ended up going out to dinner with Kyle Glanville. Uh, now from GNB who worked at Intelligence at the time and Andrew Barnett from cafe echo at the time. Now Linnea in San Francisco, we had a really awesome meal. It was, a, it was a great time. It, it was a cool, little experience. But at all subsequent competitions, the same thing happened. But once I started to get more comfortable with, okay, cool, this is what I'm a part of. And I'm a little bit off center of it, but I'm cool with it because I actually really care about all the people that I work with. And I care about my boss. I care about the company and it's great. And I'm just going to be a little bit of an outsider in this way, and I'm cool with that. Mm. And it, like you said, everything's on the table. Everything's known. I get to choose what I get to do with that information. Mm-hmm. I get to see it as, man, nobody fucks with me and blah, 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 which actually everyone while I was competing was there supporting me. Yeah, and Rich cheering. no known was, to have the biggest one. It the was amazing. We had a squad, and that was rad. And this is just another aspect of it. It's like... Hey when the when the competition's done they're partying. Cool. Yep. I want to go ahead and do my things. I can do my things. It's mm-hmm. it's no big deal. So you can not fit in perfectly, still contribute and still do some really good stuff. At the end of the day, it's just you got to know where you stand. You mm-hmm. know, if I came back again and I'm like hey, you know, I think it'd be really nice if you guys were uh, getting in some camaraderie with me and, uh, you know, stay and kind of help me do my dishes and, uh, you know, we could uh, have a little debrief and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nah, bro, we're not doing that. Yeah. Like, all, I we know literally close the shop. And I don't need it. Because yeah. like you said, it's not personal. Mm-hmm. I know no one's hating on me. This is just the way it is. And that's cool. I'm yeah. cool with that. Like, great. Yeah, how many... Well, I mean, there's a couple things there, right? There's advice
0: From ourselves, but also every other independent cafe owner culture creator, which whether or not you decide to intentionally dive into making it so or not, you have one. So to everybody out there, if you haven't decided what your culture is in some capacity that you could write it, you know, on some statements on paper, I would highly encourage you to decide what that is, right? It's too easy for businesses to fail these days and the ones that seem to last are the ones that begin to establish who they are as a culture and give some people, any people, all the people, a direction. That's one part. And there's another thing we were kind of talking about in, in a previous episode as well, which is those people, and you were kind of talking about it in yourself, but you had the maturity and the wherewithal to not, not fight it, right? There's the people who maybe love how it feels to work, in a company like yours or ours which we've experienced these people who are like man they don't they don't want to leave because it's so awesome to be here because the culture is really rad and inclusive and caring and the people who you work with you know you genuinely enjoy the process at the same time of of the people but you don't necessarily like the work that we are doing and you find yourself left of center in a way that's discouraging you from doing your best work because you're not being clear with yourself and or the culture hasn't been established. In this case, you know, when we do our best work as leaders, the culture is established and you can address somebody who is left of center and having their issues. Uh, but I guess the question is, is, what what do you say to those people who find themselves afraid and or frustrated with the physical work they're required to do but they're too whatever it is there's something is holding them back from leaving right there's that the people who end up kind of one becoming toxic two becoming you know managed until they're fired or three you know in a perfect world stepping into a place where you could be in in this ritual sense which is like I want something different than this place and it's okay, you know, because I understand the culture. What, what advice, because I know we've seen a bunch of those things in one capacity or another where we've had to see them out or, you know, things get weird.
1: Yeah. So yeah, a few different things. It's interesting because I was on the complete opposite side of the spectrum of that on, in terms of the ritual case, because even though I didn't quite fit in perfectly with the culture, I loved what I was doing every day and I loved the opportunities that I was getting. And to give those opportunities to someone who, it was never lost on me what that place did to me and how, Mm -hmm. how that place made me feel even though I was just... And it's not like people didn't like me or anything. Like these are no, all no. friends that I, it was like, good. we were buds. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I was just a little left of center. Yeah. Um, no, but it was yeah, always good. Going to watch. into work every day, working on bar was amazing. You know, right. getting to work with everybody, it was the best thing ever. And the way I generally feel about work overall is do your best to get into it. Mm hmm. Or just get out of it. Being halfway in, halfway out is is the worst place to be. It's yeah. the most painful place to be. And if you can if you can set yourself up, everybody's got a different situation. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that you have a job that you don't want that for whatever reason you have to have right now. I don't know who you're supporting. I don't know what your, sure. you know, I don't know what your situation is. And if that's the case, and you hate your job, but you have to have it, the best thing you can do is do your best to try to love it as much as possible. Accept what is. I have this job. I have this job. I have to spend eight hours here. I have to spend however much time here. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to try to learn something. I'm going to try to frame it in a way to where I... Because there's opportunity everywhere. You can learn something that you never learned before in jobs that you hate. And I think that was where... um, I. When we were at Verve, one of the last positions I had was head of business development. Mm. And I remember how I got that job and I didn't want that job. And I remember going into the... CEO's office I was doing some training and and education I was kind of it was like this mix of marketing where the videos were coming from and training and education and I just wasn't super psyched but I didn't know what was happening and we there was a there was a gap in our head of business development you know head of wholesale head of sales whatever you want to call it we called it head of business development so I go into the office and it was just like the scene out of a movie where the CEO he's like I got an idea for you Okay. He writes this thing down on this piece of paper, folds it, and slides it over to me. And I open it up, and it says "Head of Business Development." I'm like, "No fucking way! I don't want that job. No chance. No." And I turned it down. And we had another conversation, and he, we made an agreement that I would take the job and settle in as a leader, as long as I didn't have to do direct sales. And the way things were going and the way the job ended up, it was one of those things where there was a ton of opportunity. I got to travel all the time. I got to meet a lot of interesting people. But at my core, I kind of hated the job and I was grumpy about it. And because I was grumpy about it, work was just not very fun. Mm-hmm. And it really could have been a lot more fun if I would have just swallowed it and said, you know what? I'm here. I don't have to be. For me, this is a choice. I could find employment somewhere else if I wanted to, but I'm choosing to be here. And let's just treat it like an experiment, okay? Cool. I'm meeting with all these people who kind of don't want to meet with me. I'm meeting with all these people who I'm trying to pitch our coffee to. I'm meeting with all these people who are busy. They're business owners. They're running restaurants. They've got three or four restaurants and a bar, and the last thing they want to do is meet with their coffee provider. They already have Stumptown. They don't give a shit. You know, there's so many things I could have done within that. I could have just really dialed in. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to work on connecting and communicating. I'm going to work on, you know, how do I bond with other people when we're in this high stress environment? How do I ask better questions? How do I get to the core of what's really bugging them? How do I get to the core of why we're even meeting? You know, there's all Mm -hmm. these little things you can do in a job that you hate. And I think that would have made the work so much more fun for me instead of me walking around being like, I don't really want to be head of business development. Right, I got to fly to LA this week. I got to meet with someone who doesn't really want to get our coffee, and I know that they don't really want to get our coffee, and it feels like a waste of time. Like, there's a, a lot you can do just by managing your attitude. Yeah. This episode of the Cat and Cloud Podcast is brought to you by GH Grinding and Brewing Solutions. GH is the home for malcona Grinders, Brentwood Grinders, Tone Brewers, and the Nucleus Link, a professional sample roaster. If you're a roaster or a tech company in the Americas and would like to inquire about wholesale pricing for any of these brands, reach out to support at ghgbs.com. If you're listening to this in real time, the annual specialty coffee expo is this week in Portland and GH Grinding and Brewing will have some exciting things happening in their booth. Cruise by booth 2377, that's 2377, to get the full GH experience. They're going to go full seeds a cup at their booth, roasting green coffee on the Link Roaster, grinding that coffee on a Brentwood grinder and brewing it on the Tone. On Saturday from 12 to 2 p.m., Cat and Cloud, that's us, will be serving espresso in their booth using the new Malconic Grind by weight grinders. Other highlights in the booth will include the debut of the Tone Touch 04, a boilerless batch brewer, and the unveiling of their new grinder brand, Pinecone. Again, that's booth 2377. If you want to learn more, check out ghgbs.com. And hopefully, we'll see you in Portland.
2: The Cat and Cloud podcast is brought to you by Created Co., a design driven drinkware company for living an inspired life. At Cat and Cloud, we seek to inspire connections with the people around us every day. Whether you're on an adventure with friends, a regular at one of our cafes, or at home drinking your coffee in solitude, Created Co. provides drinkware for every moment. So grab a cold cup or an insulated everyday tumbler for all your coffee needs this spring. And as a bonus for listening, get 10% off all drinkware collections with code podcast10 at created.co. That's created.co. So pick up a drink today and get inspired wherever life takes you. On the other end of the spectrum,
1: you know, like I said, I don't know what your lifestyle is like, but for a lot of the people that I see, you've got multiple opportunities for where you can work. You know, the service industry seems to be starving for workers. Yeah. There's no shortage of places to work if you want to work in hospitality or service. So if you're somewhere where you are choosing not to embrace what's happening and you don't love it, there's nothing wrong with going somewhere else and trying a few things on for size, especially Mm. when you're young, you know, it's, It's both and, you know, you want to experiment and see what works. But then if six jobs later, everywhere kind of sucks and you're on some different level that people just don't understand. Well, then maybe it's you, Sure, (laughs) your unwillingness to compromise and accept the lessons that are set out for you Mm -hmm. because like, and I don't know, maybe I'm on a rant here, but we spend so much time, um, In our culture now, hearing about happiness and finding your calling and doing work with meaning that we forget that a lot of times when we're young, what we really just need to do is the work, Mm. whatever that is. And finding value in that work and learning lessons from that work is a huge part of coming of age. Yeah, And there's lessons that, you know, we've both worked in fast food. Yeah. We've both worked, uh, you know I've delivered pizza, you worked at the movie theater, Jack in the box, in the movie theaters. Let's go, and I still can see value in those jobs mm. and at, ne- at no point did I ever make the decision like oh yeah, I don't know if i'm I'm a round table lifer it's like of course, I'm not a round table lifer i i you know it was a job right but what am I learning in this job? What are the positive aspects in this job? How can I fit into the culture that's going on? Like, the culture doesn't need to be all about you, especially when you're new and trying these things out. Yeah, it's like, absolutely not. I it have no be. clue what Roundtable's values system is. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. All I know is that I got a job making pizza and then driving delivery And I wanted to do the best job possible and I was open to learning. So that's how I approach it. Like Uh I'm going to go in, I'm going to learn something and I'm going to do my best. And that's a great place to be. Right.
0: I find, I find myself like thinking about your story about, you know, business development. Right. And there, like there's questions, but there's also like threads I keep pulling on in terms of, what's happening you know if i'm trying to think at like a high level in a business and then taking it back to culture right so it's like culture what i might be thinking as that ceo and again there's some things that are prerequisites that make this hard but as you're a ceo and you see you know chris at the time they div- they divided chris and i right it was jared go run retail chris take on basically business development which is wholesale marketing stuff. And this is where I think if you don't – and again, they fixed they've fixed this idea. I think they have an established culture. And again, you always have some form of established culture. But if you don't have a way to articulate what your culture is, if you are a relatively young and new CEO to a company, you're like, okay, well, that guy over there, he's got some culture stuff that seems to make sense and – you know, I'll never forget you and I going to neither of us had this job, but we went to help with a wholesale pitch at some big tech company. It we'll call it Google because it could have been, but it might have been any of them over the hill at the time. It could have been Evernote, it could have you know at the time. I think I remember, I think it was Intel. It might have been Intel, yeah, I was gonna say maybe it was Intel, maybe it was HP, whatever. Well we were over there and it was early on and you and I were doing what we do, which is being ourselves, being really dialed in, but doing we had an espresso machine and we were serving people you know random team members of this place coffee but we were creating a crowd and getting people into it and i remember like we at this time hadn't been promoted to that level but i remember the conversation afterwards you know the ceo was like so i saw you guys and we need to do what you guys do across the whole company and so you know follow me on this track but I think what the attempt is to do is to create the culture that you see working by, you know, trying to put people who are those people in places. But without an established guideline, direction, North Star, any of the above, you can't lead that culture, you know? And then what's happening for, and I can speak for myself as well and you, you're reporting to somebody who's actually not keyed into our culture, who's... Probably tasked at the time with specific things, making money, growing the business, whatever. I don't even know what they were tasked with. That's the whole point. Also, a lot of the problem is we didn't really know what we were working for at the time. Again, all this has been fixed. Things are going well over there. But at the time, I didn't know. You didn't know. We just knew, like, let's make more money. And there's a struggle that I have, and I feel like maybe I'm articulating, which is you can't can't easily feed a culture that can like outwardly face and grow like that brings more people in and and creates like more synchronicity and more symbiotic relationship without knowing what it is you know it can't just be like well jared truby the individual feels like this so whatever he does everybody else is gonna do it like that doesn't work as in leadership i think ultimately is where i'm going like leadership has to know and drive this culture and hold a cultural standard or else things will be what they will be and you ended up you know, technically, and same with me, being really successful for a time at these jobs. But with it, you know, I'm just looking at like A plus B equals C and going operational minded. But I can see maybe what was an attempt of let's take these people, and it wasn't just us two, who are really influencing this culture that makes this place special right now. And let's put them into places of leadership, but without, unfortunately, any guidance, any clarity on who we're trying to be in any focus maybe specifically on like the values of how we do things that make it culturally special without establishing those or maybe con- conversing about them and deciding who they were, who what they were. So I'm, I'm kind of like out of body experiencing and remembering myself too. Like the imparted culture that actually was given to me when I took that position was be the first in the office, uh, make sure, the physical, monetary, business, like is better than it was when you got here. Like, make it mm-hmm. better, right? Bring up the bottom line, uh, and what were the other things that felt really, really important? Well, find a way. Find a way for us to replicate what we've been doing for the last five to six years across like triple the amount of locations. But like, it's your your job, guy. You know, and and so. I'm saying a lot of different things, but I'm also – it's also like I'm, I'm almost mentally trying to problem solve what what's happening in a situation like that and maybe with people who didn't have all the – like the pieces and the knowledge that we've been
1: studying for maybe the last seven years, you know? Like, yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a few different things going on. I mean, there's – I mean, it's a little bit – I'm obviously making assumptions, but I'm also trying to like retroactively
0: uh, mm-hmm. see what was happening. Or what can happen for other people as well. Well, yeah. And oh, asking yeah. the question, like, really, does leadership drive culture?
1: No. And, okay. I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no. Right. So, <clears throat> um, oh, man. I have to pull something up. So I just want to make a note that, so one, I would say before we get into this next thing, it's just like we said, there was a culture and the culture was built around those things that was articulated to you. That was like, this is the most important thing to us right now. Right. And that's that's fair. And I think maybe where I'll, this is me projecting a little bit. And I think actually, no, I'll just put it on me. Um, So in the best companies, well, I feel leadership has uh, a responsibility to drive culture. But yeah, absolutely. If, if, if you right. want it to be healthy, you want to drive it that way. Mm-hmm. And all of us will also work in places that don't have a super strong sense of who they are. And then when mm. you're working in those places, you are always, no matter who you're working for, <clears throat> no matter who you're working for, you're always working for yourself. So you have a responsibility to yourself because it's your life, it's your work. And in, when you're in those places that seem like they have a cultural vacuum, it's still on you to step up and do the best job possible and see what you can learn. And that's where I kind of wish I would have stepped up more in that head of business development role and been like, cool, I don't really get what's happening. I maybe don't vibe with it as much but I should still take responsibility for myself and step up, do the best job possible and not be grumpy about it. Mm. And I did do a good job. Mm -hmm. It's more about how it felt to do the work Uh because, and I think maybe what you're getting at too, or maybe why it's such a huge thing is you are with an organization when it's small and because it's small and, self-contained, you have huge influence on the culture, and the culture is kind of built around one certain thing, right? And Mm -hmm. that's what it seemed to be then was, you know, service and hospitality, something that's really close to your heart. Even though no one ever came out and said, this is what we do. It was just what was working. This is just, you know, um, an organic thing that developed. And the accolades we were getting from the uh, external public was this stuff. So then... When an organization scales, even if they do develop a culture, and let's say, here's what we value be here at 755, check this box, do that, blah, 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 blah. Mm, that's right. a culture. Still a culture. That's like, I that's a you. culture. But it might be at odds with, Well, I kind of think we should be doing this. Right. You know, to where your perfect version of culture, which you have a long historical connection to, Mm -hmm. and where they say they're going now, they're kind of at odds. Yep. And the fucked up thing, well, not even the fucked up thing. The thing to note is that you as an employee are not going to win that battle. Absolutely. You, You might. Um, you might be able to float for a while. You might be able to have some kind of influence. Maybe the company gets really fractured and there's little silos where you know yeah. I get to flex what I want to do over here. Um, but you're still working within this bigger system. Absolutely. And I'm not talking about the specific company here, but anywhere you go, if you got an idea and you think you're going to go toe-to-toe with the owner, good luck with that. Right. It's probably not going to work. And like, why would you want to be somewhere that you know that you have to do that that, you, that you feel that. yeah that it you have feels to like that. it's a combative relationship it's mm-hmm. not a good place and mm-hmm. or it's not a good place for you mm-hmm. right again it's not personal everybody I, has their own vision right. that's fine great yeah. it's not like good culture and bad culture it's just culture yeah so um
0: i'm with you on that
1: so that and i think that's where I, a lot of the tension was for me because i felt kind of similar without knowing exactly what you're feeling but it's like you know i kind of find a a, felt a similar way it's like we're really good at this one thing i think we should take this one thing and blow it up run with it like we're gonna do it like this yeah but the the thing was that's not actually where we want to go we're gonna go here Mm -hmm. and then i'm like i couldn't let go you know so i'm just grumpy guy Mm -hmm. and then it gets to enough of a head where you know it's painful to have that conversation with yourself and say, "Man, I just can't be here anymore. This is just not the spot for me." Mm-hmm. No no hate, like right. Do what you're going to do and and it's it's hard for both parties too. Yeah, it's it's definitely a struggle. You know, I remember when I quit Ritual to go work for and i went down to the basement, to talked to Eileen. I was like, "Hey, I need to talk." And she looks at me. And she says, You're breaking up with me. (laughs) She knew right away. (laughs) You always know. And I said, Yeah, I've been hanging out with Jared a lot. And she's all what are you gonna what are you getting there that you're not getting here? And I said, I actually don't know what I'm going to do there. Mm. All I know is that if I, you know, zoom out, I just don't see myself living in the city for the foreseeable future. Like I'm not a San Francisco guy. It, That's it. I like it here. You've done everything you've done right by me. It's there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just, this just isn't the place for me long-term and Santa Cruz feels more like home. And that's that, you know, yeah. and that's, that's a hard conversation, yeah. even though it's, it's, it's really cut and dry. Cause you're just like realizing, you know, Hey man, this isn't for me. And then, you know, I've been with her for, you know, years Mm -hmm. years and been really tied to what people would see as the brand you know winning barista competitions being in the industry it's like oh wow you know it and people want to make it a big thing you know oh someone's leaving so and so it's like nobody cares it's like Mm -hmm. you know we're 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 just everyone's trying to find their own happiness you know the business is trying to find its own happiness and the employees are trying to find their Mm -hmm. own happiness and that's that's all good I, i wanted to bring up this um uh John Maxwell thing. Old Johnny. Big old John Maxwell. John Maxwell. He's got like at least 95 books. He's got at least 300 books. As I was, I referenced it in something I was writing and the, when you said, does leadership you know, create the culture? It's It's yes and no. So he has, one of his books is called The Five Levels of Leadership and uh-huh. he details out the five levels of leadership and you kind of start at the first level and then you kind of work your way through the levels and maybe you attain, attain the, the highest level or not. You know, I'm gonna read the quick yeah, synopsis. You might be here. a level five leader. One so, one yeah. The first level of and just for a caveat, he he describes leadership. He's like leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Like you have influence on what other people mm-hmm. do, you know. Um, That's a great so principle. Everybody five, can be a leader. Five level levels of leadership. First level is position. People follow you because they have to. Sure. So that is, you know, you're the boss. So Mm -hmm. people are going to do what you say. Tony Danza. Strictly because you're the boss. Second level is permission. People follow you because they want to. You know, they maybe believe in what you're doing. They believe in your cause. They want to do it. It's their choice. They're voluntarily doing it. Three is production. People follow you because of what you've done for the organization. So they're like, oh, man he's contributing this, 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 and this, like his track record is basically speaking for himself. Like I really value and respect that for people development. People follow you because of what you have done for them personally. Mm. Okay. If you're someone who's continually giving, going out of your way, mentoring, um, paying attention to people, you know, asking them questions, being Mm. involved in their professional development, right? Right. And then the fifth is the pinnacle level. Pinnacle, sorry. I said pinnacle. Pinnacle? Pinnacle level. Where you play the game. The pinnacle level. People follow you because of who you are and what you represent. So that's, that's the highest level. So if you're looking at all of these levels, it's actually not hard to see how the boss might not be The person with the most influence Mm -hmm. inside any given organization. Mm -hmm. You know, you might have a couple people in the organization who are showing up, doing good work, connecting with other people who might not be at the top of the org chart, who actually have a lot more influence than you do as the boss. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting. You know, it's it's kind of like, an I mean, interest- that just speaks
0: to the importance of alignment of culture,
1: right? It speaks to the importance of alignment of culture. And it also speaks to that, you know, um, in that first level positional, people follow you because they have to. You know, a lot of people just stop there it's like well i'm the boss you got to do what i say right they they were like i need a title or else i won't or it's like i have one tool and it's a hammer i rule with an iron fist you know there's no explanation of why who what where how like there's no richness to it just do it because i said so and all those things have a shelf life but you know it it's it's pretty interesting because you don't want either of those things to happen you don't want to have to rule with an iron fist because you want that enrollment you want people who are coming along and if you're if you are the person who's having this influence, but it's running in opposition to where the organization wants to go, that's not good too. Cause you'll have some success for a while, maybe, and then it's time to do something else. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to all pan out. Oh, you but, can go so, 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 so deep there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know where I was going. I was kind of maybe going into just that like, Well, I mean,
0: just, I mean, if you just take it back to the story, then in kind of like the thread I was following in terms of, well, maybe this was happening and this was happening and so on and so forth. Right. It was, it was potentially right. Somebody trying to accomplish a goal as a CEO. And that goal was not necessarily presented to you or myself or some of the other leadership teams in terms of like, here's what we're trying to do. And it wasn't necessarily brought in collaboration. Right. It was brought in like, here's what I got to do. And then looking, again, if you're looking at these technical levels of leadership, we fell on such a level at the time where there was influence in an organization. So if you put people in the places of power and they have influence, then you're going to maybe by default get the whole organization on board. So it's like strategically, if you just look at individuals and look at the whole thing as a chessboard like the idea makes sense right yes you put the people with the most influence in the top positions and everybody's gonna just they're gonna ask less questions they're gonna feel less weird about big radical moves potentially that feel what felt to myself and probably you again and we i wasn't as good at voicing it nor did i really understand nearly as much as i do now left of center of what mattered right and then my inability to articulate and my insecurity and my inability to be like this is all wrong whether it was or wasn't like you know if if that was if that was the case and it was able to be said like that what's good for both parties is that there is an established thing happening with jared truby or chris baca like This is all wrong. This isn't right. And there was a point where I had that conversation. It was a little more behind closed doors. And that was actually when I knew it was time where I was like, I did say that. I was like, I was just basically like, no, and I can't articulate all what's going on right now. There's too much going on. I have all these big feelings, but this is not right. I'm not feeling this and I'm not, this is not right for this company. And that's not my decision to make as an employee. So that's where it ended up in a way being a toe to toe thing. And the toe to toe answer at that point was, We need to trust the decision and not ask as many questions and not worry about this stuff anymore, which is a fair ask, by the way, of people in your organization when it's not actually their job to figure that stuff out. And it wasn't mine. I was just because I'd been somewhere for so long and since the inception felt personal responsibility. And it doesn't really matter if I would or would have been right or wrong. Because that's not the point of this. The point was... Well, here's the... Oh, sorry. I just said I said what I said. And in that moment with the response, I knew that was my clarity of, yeah. this isn't going to work for me anymore. Because right. I'm too invested in a, in a direction that we're not going to go. I believe in it too much. And now my personal values don't align with the the values of this company. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with that. It hurts me because right. I really didn't want to do anything else. And I, at the time truly didn't like I was like this is what I want to do and I never expected to be where we are now so that was the moment though and I guess this is where you can be better in terms of emotional and maturity and better with communication where you can have these conversations in such a way where you're just asking questions and trying to get clarity and voicing your opinions to hear both ways so that you can finish really well. You know, I didn't I didn't necessarily finish poorly, but I didn't finish amazingly because, you know, internally I was a little heartbroken. Sure. But I also got my, uh, you know, I, I get half the blame for that one. I, I got myself there and then the we're going in a different direction was very true,
1: <laughs> you know. Right. But them going in a different direction when you're saying maybe I was right, maybe I was wrong. You actually can't be right because well, it's, it's not, not your decision right. to make. So, you yeah. know? It, and and I get why that's heart wrenching because you are an employee. Yep. Even though it feels like you are more than that, right? Because of the way you came in, because of the history, because of well, and just who we are. If you're that kind of so, person who takes personal responsibility of a, of a job,
0: no matter who you are, that's really good. Like if you care that much, that's awesome. To invest yourself in work.
1: Yeah. 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 And but but to invest yourself like you did in the beginning there. That's probably a different level than you've invested yourself in a lot of other things. You know what I mean? Like, th- well, sure, like in a the movie theater, or like Jack and the Box. Yeah, so sure. It, felt- it was the or very even Naked beginning. Lounge, right? Yeah. It's like a, it's We're a, a whole lounge, yeah. different level because it's based on this thing which you make up in your head. Yeah, that is. I'm going to be here forever and this is what we do. Right, and I create I helped create this. And thing. I helped create it and I feel emotionally attached to it yeah. and that is a story that was maybe never a reality. Uh-huh. You know, it was m- maybe some of those v- those values and ideals were living out in the beginning because you were around a lot and this you had a lot sure. of influence, yeah. right? You definitely had a lot of influence mm. at what happened on the for a long time guest service retails front all all those things right you had your fingerprint on it yeah um but still wasn't mine but it was never canon you know it was Mm -hmm. just these are ideas yeah and and i think that's 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 where it is really it is really tricky Mm -hmm. because you just you know it's and we're not thinking about this stuff in the sophisticated way back then, you know, you're, you're just not. kind you're of young, like, it's hard. This doesn't feel right. Yeah. I don't feel good. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. Something's wrong. <laughs> and you just can't articulate it's, how you're feeling. And you're not. Oh, it's so I mean, real. I mean, It's like, what do you do? You know, what do you do? Wait, that. What the. F- that's, that's, that's also why it's heartbreaking. Cause I was having the same thoughts yeah. to where I actually felt like, you know, despite, whatever i felt about how things are going like i had really clear goals and objectives mm-hmm. like we did have a path mm-hmm. we had a path we had a team we had a way yeah so you it's know we're sitting in with those meetings and i'm like okay i i do actually have a sense of direction now whether or not i'm i'm really embracing where we're going or not is a different thing but then the other thing is what do i do because at that point you know, I'd been there for five years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I make pretty good money. Mm-hmm. Work is has pivoted from not being like incredibly rewarding, but still a good group of people, and yeah, still fun was had, and fun, mm-hmm. and um, not that I would like this now, but it was it wasn't incredibly challenging, which was maybe part of the part of it. To where it's a good solid job. You know, I it could was. go home and have a weekend. I could I could clock out mm-hmm. at six o'clock, and I could do whatever. And mm-hmm. I'll never experience that again. I have no idea what that's like. Yeah, and that was kind of cool. And then I I really enjoyed being in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Where am I going to work? I've leveraged my whole life, basically, in this one coffee place. industry. Yeah. Well, I have one skill well, set. At least in this right? town,
0: basically, one place. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: I'm. I'm not about to go get a sales job even though I'm
0: right. technically I'm not in have the a sale. resume.
1: Yeah, I'm not I just don't want to do that. So what am I gonna do? Do I have to move to work mm-hmm. at a blue bottle? I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else going on. You know, if I want to stay in Santa Cruz, I'm working here mm-hmm. or I'm not working anywhere. Right. And that's kinda gnarly to think about, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just it's strange. I mean, I'd say
0: the thing, because this, this is all really fruitful and real, is that the thing that I did learn from that experience was ultimately what we're trying to do here, right? Which is how can we establish something that gives more clarity so that, you know, we're not, and as best we can for the people who work with us, in a similar position where we think we're working for something, but we're actually surprised and all of a sudden we're not really working for that anymore. And again, this is no knock this is everybody's learning right like it, it, in the same way we have talked about in every single episode here what we have learned in our progression and how we didn't communicate and how whatever all those things happen like everybody goes through that so at the time right the founders of that place were doing the same thing they were under the same kind of guns doing the best they could
1: well and you're not even saying anything about them you're like I'm, we like we mentioned you, you thinking you're working for one thing is a story that you made up in your head that has nothing totally. to do with them. Right. But What so, I'm
0: saying is what I've learned is that we're trying to be very clear more clear, everybody knowing here, what we're working towards for the beginning. So that right. I don't, I don't want somebody to feel as surprised if they stayed here for 10 years as I felt. Mm. And that again, no knock to them individually. This is the learning process right. that they went through. And we've even talked about this and they said like, Oh yeah. You know, like, it was uh that was our bad for communication-wise, not an our bad for what we're doing. And I agree, right. not their bad. Whatever right. they were doing, they were supposed to do, should do, could do, would do, no problem. Yeah. My hope and dream, and I we've you know divulged into this deep random culture talk, is that we have established something and continue to make it more clear consistently, even as we evolve, that it becomes even more clear. Here's what we're doing here. Here's what you're signing up for. Here's where we're going. High fives along the way. Hard work to come. You're never going to, and by never, I mean, quote unquote, fingers crossed never. You're never going to feel blindsided by an objective anymore. You're never going to be blindsided by something that we're going to do and be like, what the fuck? And if if we even in that con- context live up to that consistently and in, in the tenure of this company, like part of... Part of the whole, you know, ethos of who I am is is being lived out, and in, in in the vision there. And I think, you know, you have to go through those things to learn. And that's again, that's even that is creating a culture. It's an idea of a culture of expectation and reality being close enough together that we can, you know, go somewhere. And that's just one version. It doesn't make it right or wrong. But yeah. for me, that's something that that was my my big overarching takeaway and a lot of the passion. That led me to feel comfortable and excited about this when you and Charles were like, maybe we should try this. I was like, it would be really nice to have a place like that. If I was <laughs> yo- if I was younger, it would be very nice to have a place where the things that we believe are possible. And so, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because then your bigger goal, not necessarily just with Cat and Cloud, but the thing that seems to make you feel feel or this is maybe the way the world should be is let's just figure out what you're about let's share that let's make it as explicit as possible so whatever that is it's not to be judged but it's to be it's on the table so people can pick and choose and say yes this is for me or no this isn't for me and there if there are any surprises it's on that person yes that's it because Someone still might feel blindsided, but that doesn't mean that they are blindsided. Correct. You know, doing yeah. doing your due diligence as an organization, business, freelancer, whatever it is you are, say like, hey, this is what's on the table, this is what we're about, this is what we do here. Yep. And boom, that's it. And then everybody can pick and
0: choose, yeah. good. In the simplest way, if that was how everything in the world was, man, it'd feel nice.
2: Hey, everyone. That's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single-origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places. YouTube, Instagram, we're always there sharing amazing things. Alright, that's it. Thanks everyone for being awesome. We'll be back next week.